0: what's up everyone did you miss us i know you looked for us last week and we weren't here but we're not gone forever we just took a small week off there and now we're back to talk about orange county soccer club plus a little bit more stuff things ideas thoughts this is the orange and black soccer cast
1: Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast
2: dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on
0: Twitter at OCSC underscore Soccer Cast, or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans. And supporters, I'm your host Ray Samora, and I'm going to take you through this journey tonight as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. Joining me, as he has each and every episode since day one, we've got Dylan from County Line Coalition. Dylan, how you doing, my man?
2: I'm doing well. Hello, everyone. It's been a it's been a little while.
0: It has been a little while. That that short and sweet, there, huh?
2: I I have my moments. But it's my goal to get us under an hour tonight.
0: Uh, I guess so. All right, perfect. Um, yeah, then let's go down to San Diego and let's uh, talk to the man down in San Diego, Alan. In San Diego, how you doing, Alan?
3: Doing all right. Doing all right. It's been uh, it's been a long week and a half, so uh, I'm glad to be back here talking about Orange County and soccer and uh, having a wonderful evening with some fine gentlemen.
0: You talking about us? We're the we're the fine gentlemen?
3: Um, I'm more talking about uh Andy and the and 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 Brad, but
2: yes. I guess that, I, that's fair. I can't fault you for that one.
0: All right, then let's just move on to one of those fine gentlemen in Mr. Brad in Reno Brad. How you doing my man? That's me. Man, y'all are just like Super short with your with your answers today um, as I'm trying to figure out the problem we're having with our stream on Facebook, which I think we may have fixed here, so I apologize. No, it didn't work. I apologize. Um, someone go on to uh, Facebook, our Facebook account, and send a message. Hey, find us here instead on YouTube or Twitter. Uh, but let's talk about this. So let's talk about uh, what we're going to do today. We got two matches to discuss. Because we were gone last week, we did not recap the Orange County Phoenix match. Uh, And then we also do have a match this past weekend uh, that was uh, at home against Oakland. So we have a couple of matches to talk about. And then we're going to preview the upcoming big match here, which is the match against Phoenix. So we're going to be talking about Phoenix quite a bit today. We should have maybe invited some Phoenix folks on, but who knows? Um, Let's do this. Let's uh, get into it. Let's talk about this Phoenix match. Uh, Who wants to go first talking about Phoenix? Phoenix. I don't think anyone does. Let's, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take control. of This, uh, Dylan. What were your thoughts on this Phoenix match?
2: Um, well, they're disappointing, and I think that's the overarching, or overarching. You know, I'm actually lost for words at this one. I'm not sure which one it is, but uh, disappointing to lose and disappointing to give up a goal late on, um, as per usual. Um, but. And this is probably not a popular take amongst some listeners, but very happy to see Aiden Quinn and Andre Rawls doing well um, out in Phoenix because at the end of the day uh, they were still um, really great players and really great people when they were here. But, I don't know, I just I just feel a little bit, again, like, you know, Rakowski nearly stood on his head in this match and it wasn't quite enough. That's what happens when you play one of the best teams in the league. Um... And that's also, you know, sometimes what happens when you're playing a kid in your back line.
0: So um I'll go to you, Alan, next, and we're gonna just sort of piggyback on Dylan's comments there. Uh, you know, playing against Phoenix and struggling like we did in this match, is this worrisome for Orange County as we're getting closer and closer to the playoffs? Looks like they're in position that they'll grab a playoff spot and and, and get to play, but more than likely it's gonna be a tough first round opponent. Uh, should fans be worried. Uh, and a talk about the Phoenix match as well.
3: Yeah. I don't know if struggling would be the correct, um, the correct term to use for this Phoenix match. I mean, yes, it's a loss. Yes. It's a loss when you're up a man again. Uh, but I wouldn't say that over the course of the match, orange County necessarily struggled. I think that they had a couple moments of, um, I don't say weakness, a couple moments of weakness. Um, I mean, they really held their own in the first half. Um, and and Phoenix came out pretty hot and heavy and really kind of dominated that first half. And for the only to be down one goal against Phoenix on the road uh, is, is pretty significant. I think you feel decent about that. Not great, but decent. Um, and then you go up a man and you really kind of dominate the game uh, you start to take control of the game, and then Phoenix is going to Phoenix. Um, you know that's what makes them dangerous. Uh, just like Ronaldo for Orange County, um, Phoenix has got 14 guys like that that can easily turn a game on its head, and you know that that's kind of what happens. Um, I, I think this isn't something that it was like a terrible game for Orange County. I thought it was a pretty solid road game. Uh, They're just not able to put a a team away when they needed to. And a team like Phoenix is going to bite them. And, you know, Orange County has done this in the past um, on both sides, right? Giving up leads, but also being able to come back um, and, and get something out of a result that they didn't think they would have, like their win in San Diego. Um, So I I don't think it was poor. I don't think it was bad. I think there was lots of good things to take out of this match. It's just you know you gotta close out matches. You gotta know how to close out matches, especially if you want to go into the postseason. So hopefully for Orange County, this is you know another tough lesson learned, um, and you know you can't fall asleep at all. So that's a reminder after uh, four good games in a row, uh, getting results. I think this is just a reminder that you know, got to play 90.
0: So, um, Brad, let's go to you. This is Phoenix. This isn't a team that maybe you're looking past. Cause you think you're going to beat them easily. This is a team that, you know, is going to give you a difficult time. This is a team that, you know, is one of the best teams in the league yet. Uh, you know, maybe there's a lack of focus in parts of this match. Uh, you know, you're up a man, you have these opportunities and you still can't close it. You still can't, uh, at least, at least leave Phoenix with one point. Is that any concern to you, Brad, uh, when we're talking about this team? Should they have been more focused on this match and should there be, is, is, can you make an excuse for this team not coming home with at least one point?
1: Um, I mean, I remember saying in the lead up to this match that it's not a game that you pencil in as a win. Typically, you you understand that you can lose against Phoenix, especially in, Uh, The lovely Wild Horse Pass, whatever they call them, uh, there. So, you know, it's not a game that I'm upset that the team uh, lost. However, just going back to seeing, you know, the tendency of allowing a late goal, the tendency of of allowing a goal to a team that's down a man, you know, Orange County needed to be better towards the end of this game. So...
0: And I think maybe we've gotten used to this now at this point is Orange County struggles in holding on to leads or at least holding on to draws late in matches. Uh, there's this just hiccup or lack of focus in the back line in the final 10 minutes of matches in Orange County, as has been the case all season long has been dropping these matches, although there's been some positives here in the last, in the most recent times under the new uh, coaching of Richard Chaplow, but it's still, we're still seeing some of those tendencies that we've seen all season. I know Dylan's probably like trying to think is, has it really changed much or maybe we just got lucky on some of these wins. Um, One of the bright spots in the match against Phoenix. uh, If you're watching live, there were some highlights going on. And by the way, those of you listening or watching us live, we did seem to fix our Facebook issue. So if you prefer to watch on Facebook, feel free to head on over there. Um, but one of the, uh, bright points of this match was, uh, Ronaldo Damas, who seems to just score goal after goal after goal. Uh, and he had a beauty on a, a feed from Brian Alaski with a header into the upper left corner of the, of the net. Uh, I'll go around the table here. Dylan, do you think uh, this would be uh, a candidate for one of the goals of the season for orange County? Or is this now that we've seen Ronaldo do this a few times this season? Is this something you just expect out of him? This is all about
2: the assist. I mean, look at where it is. Um, it's nearly at like the penalty so you're, spot, you're, you're, head level. you
0: this as an assist, for, uh, assist of the year candidate Ben
2: Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's a very impressive goal to put that top ends from your head first time. Um, but I mean, Brian Lawsky put that on a silver platter for him. I think you right put right any right four right of us. Defender, yeah. Right. Yeah. You put any four of us there. And I think we all have a fairly good shot of, of putting that one away. Um, yeah i mean sorry to hijack that one but that's a that's a brian Olasky stunner for sure
0: so alan are you putting that that cross away and do you agree with dylan is it more about the assist than the finish
3: um no and uh probably i mean i'm i'm probably hitting that over the the bar Uh, that's my guess um that that assist was something just absolutely brilliant. It's the right curl makes takes the defenders out. Like it basically just says, Domus, hit this into the net, please." Um, yeah, this first half watching this just reminds me. This first half of the game was drunk. Like this game was like I, I think I think I tweeted out at halftime. This game has everything. Like if you're not watching this game, you're missing out. Like you had um, you had some. It was this one, the one that the Sandy Morris goal got uh, taken off for a correct call, but the correct call took a very long time and Shantz whined about it. Um, Santi Morris goal, goal was was amazing. You have Tate Schmidt getting two yellow cards and getting sent off. Like, this game was drunk. This game was a great Orange County-Phoenix match. And, like, the first half of this match, I think, actually the whole, mat- whole match, I think it was one of my, like, favorite and most entertaining matches in the usl this year like it's it was really super cool uh, to watch i know it wasn't the result but usually these games can be you know one one we're gonna wait everybody out and play defensively but
0: it was fun um yeah this game was drunk beautiful assist i was gonna i was gonna ask you did i hear you correctly did you say this game was drunk and apparently you you proved it that's that's what you said um brad who do you have your money on out of the four of us to finish that cross from Oloski, Um, If we each have one opportunity, who's getting that Brad? He's speechless folks. He's speechless. He, yes, you can't even hear probably
1: him. Dylan, given that he's the most, most athletic or l- limber out of all of us, but that's not my answer. I'm going to go with the secret number five, the man behind the, uh, behind the scenes. Uh, that would be my, Good friend, Andy King.
0: Our, our producer extraordinaire, Andy, is the choice for Brad. I'm going to say this, and, and I, I'm getting to this topic a little bit earlier than I was thinking, but Andy, what do you, what do you use your response really quick before I go on? Uh, I think my knee would have exploded about halfway through that run. Don't sell yourself <laughs> short. <laughs> um, I, I want to say this, because uh, I was mentioning to the guys the other day that uh, my, my Suns soccer team we played our first game of the season We won 3-0 we actually Had a very similar play but it was from a set Piece where one of my players lifted A nice cross into the back post and And I mentioned to the parents Some of the parents sitting on the sideline is if Headers were allowed at this age group we, It would have been perfect my player Would have been able to get to his head to it but because Headers are not allowed rightfully and, and I'm great that they're not because it's very safe for the Kids he tried to get his chest on it but it was Just a little too high but it would have been a beauty Just like that so uh, you know, a that, that's a difficult finish. Regardless, I I know Dylan's trying to give props to alasky on that cross, but that's still a difficult finish to to control that with some pace into the upper corner. I mean, the goalie's making an attempt for it, so you do have to get some pace into that. But yeah, it was a pretty beautiful cross from Brian alasky there to set up that goal. If only that could have resulted in a point for Orange County in Phoenix, but lo and behold, it didn't. Uh, we leave with zero points. But somehow, someway, Orange County is still fighting for some decent position, even though it seems like there's been so many of these missed opportunities throughout the season and these dropped points throughout the season. Uh, and to do that, they needed to come back and return uh, with a vengeance against Oakland at home, which we've talked about in previous episodes. Home hasn't always been a, a happy place for Orange County. They've struggled quite a bit at home. And this almost seemed like it was going to be one of those matches where you're going to leave disappointed with 1-1 results and only one point. But, wow, Orange County actually came through with a late uh, game winner in a match, uh, which... I think was a shock for most of was probably even a shock for some of the players when you see their reaction on the pitch. And it was awesome to see the reaction, but let's talk about the game in general, not just that final play of the game. I, I want to go to you first, Dylan, what were your thoughts of this game in general? And then we will talk about that, that game winning play in extra time.
2: Well, I didn't think we were all that good. Um, and it really felt like we were the second best team on the pitch for really long stretches of this game. But, um, Michael Orozco had a re- he had a really good game um, he kind of did it all and that was almost enough for us um, it, it's, it's hard to talk about this game without bringing up that Miko Kuningas goal in the last minute um, just because I feel like that was you know, it's been a couple of years now where I feel like we've been um, on the receiving end of those and we're kind of wondering like what, what else can we do um and instead, we get one. But before that, yeah, it was frustrating. Um, conceding that goal felt like it was going to happen. Um, usually, if we make it for the first 15 minutes without conceding, I'm usually OK, well, this is going well. And then we just looked a little sloppy defensively. Uh, we see that Michael Orozco um, save, which ended up being the save of the game, um, after some pretty shoddy defending to allow the first goal in. I'm just I'm just glad we're talking about a three-point performance at the end of this one, because otherwise I think we'd have to do a lot of dissecting about, um, you know, if this team, how this team performs, how it was built, and where it would end up at the end of the year. Instead, we get to have a conversation about, uh, you know, maybe picking up three points at home again and, and climbing into a, a better playoff spot.
0: Definitely. Uh, let me go to you, Alan. How important was that Michael Orozco goal in the... in the extra time of the first half for Orange County, uh, is it better that they went into that second half even, or do you think they still would have been able to pull uh, the match out uh, and and get the victory, even if they were down one going into the second half?
3: I mean, with how much Oakland kind of dominated the first half of that match, um, I think that gives you a little bit of life going into halftime that like, it's like a tie game. Again, we're starting zero, zero, essentially. Uh, And it's 45 minutes to win a match. I think that helps some some mentality. I think you saw that with the way Orange County came out a little bit stronger in the second half. Um, This is usually kind of a, it was a set piece goal, right? Oh, on a free kick. Um, It was, yeah,
1: it was a set piece from Brian Oloski again. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And it was, this is usually like in the history of Orange County, I could name like set piece goals that happen in Orange County games. And they usually happen against Orange County. Um, so I think this was was big for multiple levels that we can convert when things aren't going our way, we can end the half strong. Um, and instead of giving up a stoppage time, um, stoppage time goal to tie and or lose, um, you know, that, that goal is really big. And I think Michael Roscoe getting uh, um, getting the goal I think is all, also important. Like we made that joke with um, Rob Kiernan who's going to score more. And Rob Kiernan's been actually leading that race um, this, uh, this year he's got two, um, So I, I think it was really important to get uh, Orozco going. I know maybe that helps him um, kind of feel like he's being part of the team and, and producing for the team um, offensively and defensively, because I think that's part of his game. And, you know, I think that changes the mentality at halftime. You're not down, down a goal anymore. And it kind of erases that kind of crap first half that Orange County had. Um, Yeah.
0: There we go. Um, Brad, let me go to you with this. Uh, How positive or confident or negative were you heading into those final minutes of the match? Uh, Did you think that it was going to be another wasted opportunity for Orange County to pick up three points? Or did you have any confidence that Orange County was going to be able to pick up a late game winner uh, there in extra time. Can you repeat that one more time? Sorry, man, people do not listen to me. Oh, I was just, he, you know, in all honesty, you were were halfway through the question and I'm like, okay,
1: I got this. Wait, what did he say?
0: In all honesty, Brad's probably going over his lines and his, his songs for his elf play that he's doing. Uh, in a, in a what month or so. So I, I, you have the excuse, Brad, you're practicing that in your head. Maybe uh, what we'll do is we'll ask you to give us a little preview of what you're going to be doing here at the end of this episode. Um, Brad, I was asking you how confident were you that orange County would be able to possibly, or that Orange County would be able to pull out the full three points there in the final minutes, or were you feeling like this was another wasted opportunity uh, to get a full three points for the team?
1: I was with Dylan here. I was I was expecting us to concede. Um We should have at multiple different points during this game have conceded, or or you know this should have been a higher scoring game for Oakland. I didn't think. Orange County played bad. In fact, uh, the second half showed a lot of promise, and I was actually super happy with that. But, man, oh, man, that game could have and should have probably played out a little differently. At the same time, you know, credit to the team for stepping up when they needed to. Miko Kanigas had a beautiful goal off the corner kick. Um, So can't complain, you know, three points is three points, especially against a team like Oakland that, rebounded in the standings, you know, and is looking at a playoff spot themselves.
0: So um, let me go to each of you really quick. And I know uh, our producer wants us to talk about the final goal and the celebration. I want to talk about celebrations here. This was a match of of celebrations from the three goals. Each each of the goals had a very unique uh, and interesting celebration from uh, the Oakland goal with some sort of I, I don't know what kind of dance that was uh, to Michael Orozco's goal with his little shimmy. And then the final celebration where it seems like every player on orange County was calling everyone else. To, Let's come to the stands. Let's go party with Caroline coalition. Uh, I'm going to go around the table. Uh, which celebration was your favorite of the night? And I think I know Dylan's answer, but I still want to hear it from uh, his mouth. Dylan, what was your favorite celebration of the night?
2: Uh, getting a handful of sticky, sweaty Jersey for sure. It had to be Miko Kooten is launching himself over the boards. Um, I mean, I haven't seen Blaine get down on the pitch since 2016. So this was really, really something. Um, Although
0: I did see him on the pitch at the end of the Western Conference Final in, what, 20...
2: Yeah, I think that was a little bit different. Um, (laughs) But, I mean, wow. It it really felt like there was actually some sort of connection between the team and and the fans, which I feel has not been there for most of the season, Um, for all of the season, excuse me, that's um, no, just a lot of player turnover with some really big uh, fan favorites, but that was really special, and that was that was really beautiful, um, and a, a very, very special thing to be a part of.
0: Well, I, I will say this, though, right, this season, I know you said maybe it's been missing part of the season, but I feel like this season, it's been there more than probably the season prior to COVID, I think that season prior to COVID, there was... The missing connection and maybe it was where county county Land coalition was situated in the stadium uh and, and whatnot i think being in those general admission seats right there in the the goal line make it easier for the the players to find you and, and come celebrate with you maybe i'm wrong um let's go to you alan what are your thoughts what was your favorite celebration of the night
3: yeah i mean it's, i mean duh. like that one has got to be the most exciting um uh, it's clearly the game winner um in a game that really matters uh, in stoppage time to pull out a victory, which, again, uh, is not usually Orange County's M.O. Um, and then I think you're right. Like, I think we, we talked about this when um, County Line Coalition was kind of on that backside is it really made. It really took an effort to try to even get over there to make a connection. But I think this season we've seen players go out of their way to make an effort to connect with fans again um i know they miss the fans being in the stadium as well uh and, and those are the kind of moments that you live for as a supporters group um that that connection to the yeah. to the players to be a part of that celebration to feel like you're part of that celebration um and not in like a token way to like legitimately they're coming over to celebrate with you because they know how important the fans are and the supporters are uh and it is I mean, when you talk about soccer clubs, this is what kind of makes it that club is that connection beyond just the guys on the pitch um, that makes soccer a little bit more unique than some of the other sports. Uh, so, yeah, so I got go to you. Yeah, you gotta go with that one.
0: I'm going to go to you next, Brad, but I have another little question to add to you on that because we do like to do um, awards at the end of the season. And one of our categories is usually celebration of the year, goal celebration of the year. Uh, You know, we've had winners in the past, like uh, Dylan's trying to reference there in Darwin Jones. uh, And I'm sure we're going to get at least one, if not two uh, candidates from this match. Is, Is it okay for us in your mind to do both celebrations, both Michael Orozco's shimmy and that team celebration as as uh, potential candidates for that and what was your favorite of the the three we can hey props to oakland there was a good celebration from oakland too on there i don't want to uh, feel like we're total homers on this but uh, we are
1: <laughs> so the uh in in my eyes the better celebration has got to be the little the little finger bang shimmy that uh orozco does just because, like, look how happy he is. It's his first goal in 41 games, you know? So, a well-earned goal, and he got to let loose all this energy. So, happy for him there. Um, The one that's going to be more for the season is the players. You know, look at that. Just little finger guns, and he's super happy, and everyone comes over to celebrate. But more important for the season and kind of the mentality is finally getting that one in the back of the net and, being able to celebrate with the fans because this is the one on the supporter side, you know, that one does a lot for team morale, you know, ask the players, they're doing it for the fans and being able to go and celebrate with the fans and having Blaine jump into your arms is going to do a lot for Miko (laughs) Kanengis and in his uh, morale going into the rest of the season. Cause I remember them saying that, that against the, on the game against uh, Phoenix, when I was watching on the uh, broadcast, that he had, had to be taken out of the game because of some chest tightness. So you know, to be in the game, to score a game winner a week later, and then to celebrate with the fans—that's got to do a lot for your morale and team morale.
0: And and, and interesting, you brought up Blaine, who's one of the uh, who is the man from Carolina Coalition. Uh, we, I, I think we were—I was joking before we went live. It's interesting that the uh, the security from Staff Pro was just standing there, just not even caring about what was going on. Probably didn't even notice that. This person that's wearing the same jersey as the players, but different color shorts, was not actually part of that team. But hey, you know, it, it's pretty cool moment to see that. And I know there were some other fans partaking in that. I think, Dylan, you were uh, going crazy there. I think you were in charge of all that smoke going on uh, in the stands. He's like shrugging like, maybe, I don't know. I'm um, allowed
2: to, so yeah, I was.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, and let me ask you this really quick. Thoughts. Was Michael Roscoe when he was doing that gun thing with the shimmy, was he trying to shoot at the drum section over there because he dislikes them or as like a show of friendship? What do you think, uh, Dylan?
2: Yeah, I think he, much like uh, the other fans with brains, um, hate that. Hate that. Hate that. Yeah. Nonsense. Just noise. <laughs> um, so- That's why he's the captain, because he represents the players and the fans.
0: There we go. So Michael Michael, Roscoe for president. There we go. Um, So we've got momentum now. Orange County has momentum coming off this, this, you know, late game winner against Oakland. And, and let's just say this early in the season, Oakland was almost that guaranteed circle on a win, but, Coming into this match, Oakland was on a pretty good run. I think they took care of your San Diego boys recently, Alan. Um, They were, I think, like six matches with positive results or something like that, if not more. Uh, So it's a big victory for Orange County. Yes, they were at home, but we've talked about it. Orange County has struggled at home as well. So big victory, big momentum heading into another home match, this time against a team we just faced and probably could have come home with a point if, if not a lapse in, uh, if not for a lapse in focus there in the back line. Got Phoenix coming back into town. I, I know uh, people like to maybe think it's not as big of a deal when Phoenix is coming into Championship Soccer Stadium, but for me, Phoenix is the team that you have to prepare for. You have to be ready for, and you have to look at at basically, you know, showing them that this is your home. You got to win there um how do or- how does orange county take care of phoenix at home in this match a, a team that they just faced a couple weeks ago uh, i'll go to you first cuz dill we heard from dill i'm going to go to you first Alan. what does orange county need to do in this match to get the full 3 points not just 1 point 3 points in this match uh
3: i think they just need to be defensively stout um we've seen orange county be able to um Understand what Phoenix is trying to do to you and keep them from doing that. Um, fighting uh, the urge to get too many people forward to open yourself up for some counterattacks. Um, I, I think Orange County, uh, if you know when they're fully healthy, is a good enough team to to do that. And we've seen them do that in the past with maybe not quite as strong of a team. Uh, Indian Caningus to be uh, both a um, a. a wrecking ball in the midfield essentially um and then you're gonna need ronaldo to be ronaldo like um i, I think if he can get a-, a goal i think you have a good chance of getting at least the point and then it's who's gonna step up uh to score that second goal to put the game away um or at least um you know if it's one nil put the game up at two goals or if it's draw break the tie um I just think being defensively stout and understanding the tendencies of guys like Santi Moore and Aiden Quinn um, and Orange County knows that is uh, San Diego's not a, or uh, sorry, not San Diego uh, talking to Nate Miller at San Diego. Uh, he basically said in the earlier season uh, Phoenix is well known to us and Orange County probably feels the same way, um, especially with how often they're going to play uh, and how often they have played. Um, I, I think Orange County is going to feel like they know them pretty well, right? You get them on the second, uh, you get them on the 13th. You've already played them September 18th and August 14th. So you know what they're going to try to do. Uh, You just got to keep them from doing it. And I think, again, it comes down to understanding the tendency of their kind of front three uh, being really solid and um, firm in the midfield and then allowing your attacking guys that freedom to, to move forward and be special.
0: Let's go to you, Brad. Um, I'm going to ask you this question. Who is the most important player on the pitch for orange County in this match against Phoenix?
1: Um, probably need Rakowski to step up, make some big saves. Phoenix is going to have plenty of opportunities, you know, keeping as many of those opportunities out of the net as you can. Uh, is going to be crucial because we can count on Orange County to probably score anywhere from one to three goals on any given night. They haven't really scored more than that. Phoenix can score a lot more than that if they're having a really good night. So you just gotta make sure that you keep that number down as best you can.
0: And then let me go over to uh Professor Smoke over here, Mr. Dylan. Um we have Aiden Quinn and Andre Rolls are gonna be making uh their return to championship soccer stadium, although wearing the opposing opposition colors. What kind of reception does County line coalition give the opponents again, fan favorite players while they were here in orange County, but now they're representing Phoenix. What kind of reception are they going to get at the beginning of the match? And then also later on the match, if they're parts of crucial plays,
2: um, I hope it's positive. Uh, I, I've seen some stuff online that suggests that maybe um, people don't think Aiden Quinn was as good as he actually is. Um, and his recent form has clearly shown that. Um, as has the last four years of uh, the stats and the numbers that he's put up and his performances. But I think it's going to be a positive. We're not going to fault a player for doing what's best for said player um, or said player's family. And we're not going to fault Andre Rawls for wanting to get first team minutes because he's clearly not in the picture at uh, Colorado ever since William Yarbrough came back um, or went into that setup. So, I mean I'm I'm happy for him. I was happy for Kanto when he went. Um, you know I always want our players to do the best and and I also know that we're kind of a stopping point even if that means it's in the league not in the sense that the Riverhounds are where um you know you have Bobby Lily Bob Lilly uh develop you and you play Lily ball for a season and then you go and get poached by uh, San Diego or something um or Birmingham or St. Louis Rest in Peace or any other team really. Um, but I think it should be positive. I really hope it's positive, regardless of the result, because they, uh, both of them were very, very crucial parts of our best season, and Aiden Quinn was a very, very crucial part of multiple of our seasons, and he's arguably one of the best players in this club's history. So
0: So there we have it. Dylan trying to prove that he knows USL Championship by naming off a bunch of the clubs. That's true, yeah, the yeah. We should see positive uh, support for Aiden Quinn and Andre Rose. Here's what I'll say. The beginning of the match, pre-match, you know, show them love. But once the the whistle blows and the ball is kicked off, they are now your enemies. We can now uh, taunt them, boo them, whatever we need to do in those moments because now they are part of the enemy team. Show them love on their return to the stadium before the match. But once the ball kicks off, this is this is a battle, and you need to support your your boys in battle. Am I not? Am I am I wrong there? I'm going to go to you, Dylan, but I want to ask Alan, am I wrong with that? That mentality when we go into this, when we're talking about Aiden Quinn and Andre Rawls? Alan? Uh, no. All right, simple and sweet. No. Brad, your thoughts. Simple and sweet from you, Brad. Am I wrong on that?
1: No, you always support your, your players that come into town, you know, especially if they were good and you got along with them. If but then you left, can boo if...
0: them after. When the match starts, you can start taunting them, and booing them, right?
1: I mean, sure, but. These players are doing what's best for their careers. You know they're not making a ton of money in the USL. You know, so I would we want them- they'd,
0: they'd expect it when they're coming back to an old team that they're gonna get taunted on the pitch because now they're the enemy. Dylan, what do you have to say about this? I know you you were you you've been unmuted since I started talking, so you're ready to say something about my thoughts. My yeah.
2: Um, do you want to tell the listeners of this podcast what happened the last time that you were trying to heckle a goalkeeper?
0: Oh, yeah. We became well, friends wanted, with said goalie you <laughs> you for <laughs> full time. You want, to, you want to tell the story, Dylan? Go for I went to, uh, me and my, my, my family and uh, a, a friend and their two kids, we went to a Cal, uh, Cal Strikers or Cal United Strikers, whatever they're called, match. And my kids were taunting the opposing goalie from Michigan the whole first half because we, the cool thing about that match is it's general admission all over the stadium. So we literally got front row seats. Over in the old supporter section, there. What is it? Section
2: nine.
0: Nine. That's where we were. And we were taunting this goalkeeper the whole first half. And like the kids were just calling his name out the whole time. And at halftime, he looked over to the boys and waved. And he was having a probably the game of his life. I, I Dylan, you could probably say he was having a pretty amazing game out there. And at the end of the second half, we, you know, we're like, this, this goalie's amazing. And we were, ta- you know, waving and, calling his name and he actually came over and high-fived the the kids that were in our group at the end of the match and he was pretty he was nice you could tell he was appreciative i'm sure michigan stars players are not used to going to opposing fields and getting the love like that from the fans especially when you're going from michigan to southern california maybe if you're going from michigan to ohio or something you might get some love because you have some traveling fans but i'm sure there's not a lot of michigan traveling fans down in uh socal unless you saw otherwise dylan but well, we also were giving you couple. love, Dylan. We were giving you love. Yeah, yeah, Dylan yeah. was on the microphone at the stadium, folks. If you want to hear more of Dylan's voice, if he still gets a chance to do this, or if he gets to do this... If, if Dylan, you want to hear know. more of Dylan's voice. I don't know why
2: you'd want to ever do that, but um, in case you're like my immediate family or friends, or the dog, yeah, you can hear my voice all the time. Um, no, well, it was a very good. long tangent. It was a very long tangent, but you can actually be nice to opposing goalkeepers. Um, and why wouldn't he be nice to Andre Rollis? He's so kind.
0: Yeah, but but be nice to him before and after the match. But during the match, support your boys in orange, black, or blue, whatever color they're wearing, uh, for the or, or orange for the match. Yeah. Um, I don't know why you
2: you seem convinced that I'm going to root for the opposing team in this situation. So I'm, it I'm confused. It like you're going
0: to be cheering Andre Rawls and, and Aiden Quinn on no. throughout the match. That's what you're making. I will way. I will have
2: nothing to say to them during the match.
0: So when he scores, when when Aiden Quinn scores a goal, or if he scores a goal against Orange County, and if he comes up to County line Coalition as part of that celebration with his teammates, are you going to be clapping and cheering, or are you going to be booing?
2: I would give him a nice... I'd give him a nice applause.
0: All right. there We, we heard it from there uh, on live on the show from Dylan, so everyone watch the stream, or if you're at the stadium, watch for Dylan and see his reaction. If Aiden Quinn does score a goal against Orange County, we should see him Standing up and applaud, uh, applauding the Aiden Quinn goal.
2: I won't be standing up because I'd already be standing right. Uh, but now we know. We should go into predictions because we know that you think Orange County is going to get scored on in this match. So, Ray, you go first. What's your score prediction?
0: Are we? We're, we're down to predictions already. All right. Let's get predictions going. I'm going to predict on this match. Dylan, do I have to really say it? What's my prediction?
2: I believe your prediction is going to be 5-0 Phoenix Rising.
0: There we go. 5-0 Phoenix Rising. Let's put that in there. Someone's already on there, so I'm going to let you handle that, whoever's on there. Um, who's going next, Dylan? You, you're in control of this podcast now. Go for it.
2: Ooh, it's off the rails. Goodbye, everyone. Brad, your score prediction?
0: 1-1. Uh, one, one.
2: All right, well, that takes mine. I'm going to just still double down with 1-1 one, one, just so I can maybe get some points. Alan, last but certainly not least.
3: Oof. Um, I, th- I was thinking draw earlier. Um, that seems to be just as likely as Phoenix winning uh, based on the historical head-to-head. Um, Phoenix is playing pretty well. Uh, let me roll the dice and say it'll be a 2-2 uh, draw. Ooh.
2: All right. He's
0: doubling up on you guys.
2: That's fair. Both these teams don't like to defend, so <laughs> it seems a little more likely than a 1-1. Um, Ray, you can have control of your show again, because I don't know where we no, go no, no. It's
0: all you. It's all you, Dylan.
2: Um, well, yeah, there's going to be some beers, I think. I think there might be a dollar. I don't know if that's this game or in a little bit. Um, so, Ray, anytime you want to have your podcast back. Otherwise, we're going to jump into pretty early other soccer stuff going on.
0: Let's do this. Is there any other... Oh, wait. Oh, wait. No, oh the
2: producer has spoken.
0: Oh the standings of the season predictions um, due to some maybe intentional poor performances. The last few weeks, Dylan is no longer in first place. He's stuck at 69 points nice. that's intentional because Dylan likes that number. So darn much. Guess what? Our newcomer to the podcast first year as an official orange County soccer club fan, Mr. Brad Polanski up there in Reno is now in the lead with 74 points um more than doubling my last place <laughs> score of 39 points no, no no you're not more than doubling but close, close I'm close 30 39 points and then Alan's right there in the middle actually what you're closer to Dylan than I'm closer to you right Alan with 53 points so hey Matt it's uh it's basically a battle between Dylan and Brad but I think Dylan's conceding it with his uh his wanting to be stuck on 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 that particular number. He, he
1: made a he made a realistic score prediction this week. He did, he I was surprised that I, thought was go, I thought
0: he was gonna go ridiculous with a prediction like a hundred to two score line for Orange County or something.
2: This has come by as a complete accident for the record. But it is it is quite funny that for the second competition on the show in a row, I've I have found my way to sixty nine points. Now if only Orange County could find their way to sixty nine points.
0: Nice. You're saying it's difficult for Orange County to find 69?
3: I mean, it's going to be impossible this season.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Um let's let's go to some <laughs> random soccer stuff. If anyone has Yeah, with excitement. Random soccer news. Who's got some random soccer news they want to share today? And we are not bringing up Tottenham. I'm telling you this right now, you will be muted if you so, bring them up. So someone just brought up Tottenham. Would you like to sp- Would
3: you like to speak more to that? Yeah, Ray. You want to tell us about Tottenham?
0: Um, we're not talking about Tottenham in this match, uh, but I will let anyone else say any. But you're the one who brought it up. We weren't
1: going to bring it up, and then
0: you brought it oh, up. Oh, so do not must... say that, Brad. You you're new to the show, but do, I know the other you two guys. Do you want to hear
1: some? You want to hear some Elf?
0: Alan was, was going to bring it
3: up. I was going to be very respectful and only talk crap about how the fact that Real Madrid uh, lost to a Moldovan. Soccer team today, and that Moldovian soccer team is leading their group in Champions League. We lo- we learned on the we learned on the Fairweather podcast that this is the uh, biggest underdog to win a Champions League match in like three years.
0: Well, that's awesome. That's great news.
3: Yeah, Sheriff's FC or something like that.
0: Did you yeah. say Sheriff's?
3: Yeah, like Sheriff's. It's, it's singular, but yeah, it is and Sheriff. Like
0: Michael Orozco, like doing his shimmy, was maybe celebrating them.
3: And it, it was a 2-1 victory as well. So, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a, there's a connection there. There's, a,
0: there's some time, ty- oh, mind blown by Dylan there.
2: Uh, someone, someone play the X-Files theme, but only on your phone, so we don't get dmca do play
0: it on our show, because we do not want to get uh, in trouble for any that. Um, Just other- mention
3: Tottenham first, and then play the music.
0: <laughs> uh, there we go. Look at our producer on top of this. He didn't even know you were going to bring that up. I don't think Alan. Um, Hey, other news in soccer. Uh, The newest edition of FIFA 22 came out for those of you that are video game soccer fans. No, I'm not going to be partaking in a video game FIFA league team this season, and you will not have to hear Alan, Dylan, and possibly Brad do play-by-play, unfortunately. Um, Although I think they enjoyed it. um, I don't think many people really care much about my brief, uh, professional semi-professional competitive not professional semi-professional or amateur competitive soccer league I didn't make any money out of it so I guess I don't know why I'm trying to even make it sound like I made money but that game came out I've started playing it it's actually pretty cool it's actually one of the best in recent years for the real uh, realistic gameplay um, except for for whatever reason the defenders are amazing and they block almost everything so that sort of sucks but other than that it's actually pretty cool um Alan, any other stuff? <laughs> UPSL um, of professional um, video gaming. Oh, um, man, that's a low blow.
3: UPSL of professional video gaming. Yeah, they let me in, so uh, that tells you how low the bar <laughs> is. On...
0: After my son almost beat you in an exhibition game, too. But he
3: didn't, so...
0: He almost did, go. and he was only, like, seven at the time.
3: It's all right. I have no pride left, so... um Yay. Yeah, other random soccer news. Um, <laughs> Wait, did no. Brad
0: just cheer that you didn't have any pride left, out? What the
3: heck, Brad?
0: That is low. <laughs> uh,
3: Dylan, you're my favorite again. Um, so, <laughs> Wait, was I not your favorite
2: for a little bit? Well,
3: I, I said
0: well, earlier in the show. You and Brad were the gentlemen said, of the
1: show. Yeah,
3: we're the fine gentlemen. Hey, I'm not a gentleman, but I was the favorite. I was alluding. Yeah, so Dylan, you just re-solidified yourself as... And there was ID like a gap.
0: producer has lost control of this show by the way. Of this episode. Yeah, I don't
3: know why I'm zoomed in. Um I just I, I don't know. Maybe I think indoor soccer starts at some point sometime. Um I don't so select is the uh leading supplier of innovation and something <laughs> in all over leagues in the I'm tired of
2: the same old cookie-cutter jerseys. <laughs>
0: uh Oh, man, if people are still – and we still have some viewers watching us right now, which is amazing. We appreciate you. Thank you for the love. Um, Brad, do you have any real other soccer news to talk about before we get to our random thoughts?
1: Yeah, I actually do. Um, Thank you. The savior of our show is Brad and it's a show and tell. Um, I got a roughneck soccer scarf here um, because I was fortunate enough in the weekend that we played in Phoenix – to be able to go to a Real Salt Lake game with uh, my twin brother. Uh, He is not a Real Salt Lake fan. He is a fan of the team they were playing, um, which is Seattle Sounders, uh, which they lost. But, you know, one thing I've always loved is going to away day soccer matches. Um, Just being able to go on the road and support your team is kind of fun. Or just seeing a, a game in a stadium that isn't yours with Fans that aren't cheering for a team that you're cheering for is always fun, um, especially in soccer, because fans typically, unless it's a rivalry game, typically are very nice and friendly and welcoming. And so, you know, just bantering back and forth with fans and sharing it with my twin, someone that I don't get to uh, to see very often. You know, he reached out and was like, hey, I'm in between jobs, kind of want to do a trip. Suggested Salt Lake since this team was playing there and it was just one of the best weekends I've ever had in a long time uh, Going up to Park City and all that stuff. So yeah, a little soccer news away days are the best
0: And you said you had two things. Oh, no, your... that was the one. Oh Just one it, it, it was a show-and-tell
1: because I went to a game and you know, I like collecting scarves
0: Uh, obviously to you. Um, Let's get to this. Let's get to our random thoughts of the night. Let's go to Dylan first. Dylan, what's your random thought
2: of the night? Oh, man, I really had something. (laughs) And then Brad started talking, and I lost it. So um, let's kick him off the show. And, wow. Well, I was going to bring up some random soccer news because last week at some point, somebody started sharing this thing about how uh, supporter culture in this country is kind of like... Clubs that are kind of forcing rowdier groups out of, um, I mean, and, and often, uh, oftentimes like out of the stadium. Um, I know Phoenix has had issues in the past between the front office and the supporters. Um, we're a little more tame, so we've still had our issues uh, in the kind of like coalition. Um, Chicago Fire were brought up and it's just, it's, a, it's an interesting thought to think about um, maybe that even at this level, it still seems like it's to, to keep families happy and for some, someone to have something to do on a Wednesday night and to keep corporate donors happy and, and maybe a little bit less about the product on the field for the front office. Um, and that's really disappointing because it's been a year of, or almost a year and a half now, of a, of a pandemic in which for most of last season, um, we didn't have any fans in the stadium and you'd kind of figure it's it's for the fans, right? That was the result of but that was kind of the response from players um, and fans when the Super League talks took off with one of Ray's favorite teams. Um, yeah, you should cut on over to that angry-looking face for a second, but um, yeah, it is is—it is ultimately for the fans, right? It's for the fans and for the players, and I, I feel like that bond is maybe misunderstood, but um, it's an interesting read, ultimately, and I think you should, you should give it a shot, so uh, I'll try and find it and I will throw it in the show notes or give it to Ray so he can throw it in the show notes for you.
0: Oh, no, you, you, you take care of it. Tweet it out, Dylan. It's all good. People follow Dylan on Twitter and get his tweet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> not, not anyone that wants it.
0: Alan, random thoughts.
3: Oh, I, I had a random thought, and then Dylan started talking. All right, I already made that joke.
2: Come on, guys. What is oh, this? Wow. Gilbert Gottfried at the wow. Hugh Hefner roast?
3: Oh, man. Wow. Really? What, you like a you're good callback?
0: Calling Alan Gilbert Call- Godfrey? Gil- I,
3: I want to see the Venn diagram of listeners who both understand <laughs> that reference and then listen to the show. Do I you think you hear, know what? I think can there's like hear, a pretty can, big gap there between... Can we
0: hear Alan's best Gilbert Godfrey impersonation?
3: Well, let's see, guys. <laughs> Is that good?
2: That was a pretty good one, but he has me the yeah, aflap duck and dig Um If you do know the next joke, that Gilbert Gottfried said um, in that roast, uh, come find oh, me this day and I'll buy you a beer. No, I'll buy you a beer.
3: I'm Googling that right now. The next joke. <laughs> you
0: Gilbert can't say it on the show.
3: After. <laughs> um, Do you have
0: a random thought, Alan? <laughs> My Robinson random thought is Gilbert,
3: Gilbert Gottfried's voice is annoying. That's, that's funny. And yet somehow <laughs> he made a career. So congratulations, Gilbert Gottfried.
0: <laughs> there we go. So there's there's hope, for hope for us all. <laughs> I beat you to it, Dylan. Uh, Brad, random thought from you. You
1: know, I I don't really have one this week. Uh, I already already made the joke in the uh, chat that we had, but I also had one, and then Dylan started talking. So,
0: <laughs> oh man, this this show has just ended in a train wreck. <laughs> uh, random thought for me is going to be soccer related, but it's for my my. Suns team that I coach. We have a game this weekend prior to the Orange County match. It's at f- a 4 p.m. kickoff in Laguna Hills. If anyone's nearby want to come check it out, we're going to be at Sheep Hills Park um, and uh, you want to come cheer on a, a pretty competitive and a good, decent soccer team. Come watch us. Come support us. Uh, we're Our team is all black with white trim, so come watch us. Bring some black gear. Support us. Yell. Get rowdy. If you want to warm up to the Orange County Phoenix match to get rowdy, come out and be rowdy at a uh what ten-year-old boys' soccer team? That'd be fun, right, um, Dylan?
2: I mean, do you really want? Let's be real. Of the th- the three people you're currently talking to on this in this call, it would I'm be me.
0: Just you. Anyone that wants to listen, that listens can come out. Come are support, are, are fans allowed to be rowdy at uh, these uh, games? Are beers allowed? They're going to kick me out.
2: Can I drink this uh, park at this park?
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean that's on your own. If the police come, that's on you, Dylan. But by all means, you guys don't have do open. But come house? have fun. It's cool and it's our, our league's... We live in society. Kind of, we're, rec, we're a rec league, but it's a league same. that lets you build your own teams and have you know keep teams together. So my team's been together for a few years now, and I actually know the coach we're playing against. He has a really good team, so this will be a really competitive match. Um, and maybe, you know, we won last week 3-0 and Orange County ends up winning their match 2-1. Maybe if we can win this match, it'll be a, a sign that Orange County will have success against Phoenix. Who knows? But so, come check it out. 4 o'clock kickoff at Sheep Hills Park in Laguna Hills. Um, come watch and come support.
1: So you said uh, that people build their own teams. Can we uh, Bishop Sycamore it and just get a bunch of 26-year-olds to to sign up and play against well, your team? My- yeah. And- yeah, my Maybe plan was to get
0: win. my plan was to get Dylan dressed up as a 10-year-old and, and have him come out there. I mean, he looks the part.
2: Yeah, I'll shave. It's fine.
0: What what grade what grade <laughs> is this? What grade uh, this is 2000
2: I'm mentally I'm like a 6-year-old, so.
0: But so that, my my team does have five players that are 2012, so we actually are a very young team and we still compete really well. So if How you get many, me on the I team, learned, did the average
2: ages work out?
0: I learned this year I learned this year that our league actually is 2011 and 2010 kids. So I actually have, uh, we're playing some opponents that are actually two years older than some of the players on our team, which is pretty cool. Uh, let's wrap this up. Cause this is just going nowhere at this point. Um, really quick. Just I, like I Tom. To thank... <laughs> bravo, Bravo, Bravo. I want to thank as always the people that make this. Michael show. Arteta, Dylan, Pierre, Emmerich, Ryan, and Brad. I'm just going to mute everyone this whole time. Uh, (laughs) I can't even speak now. Dylan, Alan, Brad, and then Andy behind the camera working the controls here. He's probably just shaking his head like, what the hell did I get myself into with this group of crazy gentlemen as they're just dancing around muted and whatever. Um, This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. I'm Ray Samora, and we are Out.